0: Perfect is impossible, so let's strive for better and betterer. Tune in for inspiration and mini challenges across the eight dimensions of wellness. Emotional, physical, intellectual, spiritual, vocational, financial, environmental, and social. We make wellness fun and attainable so that you can feel awesome and do
1: awesome. And now, your host, Jessica Jake. Hey, this is Jessica Jake, and I'm here today with Kate Dreyfus of Evolve and Empower. She specializes as a holistic love coach, and today we're going to be talking about how relationships can improve your well-being. Welcome,
0: Kate. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Jessica. I'm really happy to talk about it today.
1: As am I. So, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure, I would
0: love to. So, I offer empowerment coaching and holistic healing services, specializing as a holistic love coach. And my background has always been in psychology, I've worked in different demographics. When it comes to um, the field of psychology, and I think what most people like to hear about my background is the days that I was an international matchmaker and helping people to enter exclusive romantic relationships. And it was, I did that throughout the US and Canada, Europe, UK, and in Hong Kong. And so I really got to learn the value and the importance on. The partners that we choose in our lives and how our relationships really do support and shape our lives, as well as supporting us to have higher levels of well being. And this has definitely shaped the type of work I do as a holistic love coach and supporting my clients' success.
1: That's so interesting. I love that you're an international matchmaker. I'm sure you've really learned a lot and have a bunch to share with us. So let's, let's dig into it. How do our relationships affect our well-being?
0: That's a great question. And I think it's definitely important for all of us to really spend some time in prioritizing, evaluating who are the five closest people to us in our lives? Who are we surrounding ourselves with? And how are they influencing us? as well as the romantic partner that we choose. Uh, statistically, you know, the five closest people to us, including our romantic partner, can make or break our success in life. And so this is why it's so important to prioritize uh, making some time to kind of evaluate who is in your life and how do they influence you, for better or worse. And that includes seeing how they, you know, support your, you having a well-being in your life. So when it comes to examining and evaluating uh, how are we, what our day-to-day influence is and who's in our life, I think it's important to look at a couple different areas. Uh, One, it comes to taking into consideration people's beliefs that you're surrounding yourself with, as well as the type of conversations you're having. People's beliefs that surround us can influence our own beliefs, whether we are conscious of it or not. How do we communicate to each other really affects our well-being. A couple points to think about when it comes to that is how are we resolving conflicts or disagreements? Are we able to express how we feel or are we suppressing how we feel? Is there room in the conversation with the people that are in our lives to be heard, to have a choice about how the time is being spent? Also about getting your own needs met in the relationship. So that's, these are important things to take in consideration when it comes to uh, the beliefs and our conversations. Because we are heavily influenced by what surrounds us each day. And that includes what we are watching on TV, what we listen to, um, what we read, what environments we choose to be surrounding ourselves with. And all of that plays a role into our well-being. And our well-being, again, it's our mental state, our emotional state, our physical, our energy levels, and vitality as well as the spiritual piece. And the spiritual piece doesn't necessarily need to be that you need to be religious or be spiritual. It's just about looking at the bigger picture and understanding and looking at our life patterns and what are the lessons in there that we need to gain and learn to be able to move forward. A couple other pieces to examine when it comes to the people that you surround yourself with is their habits and lifestyles. Because their habits and lifestyles also, again, influence yours. And the big thing about relationships is that we are trying to bring two worlds together, you know, theirs and yours, and trying to coexist. And what that also means to be able to do that is a level of compromising. So that's why it's important to look at what are their lifestyles and habits, because there's going to be times where you're going to be doing what they want to do, and there's going to be times where they're going to be doing what you want to do. And so, you want to hopefully be supporting each other to have positive, healthy lifestyles that will support your higher levels of well being. Um, and also, supporting positive environments, you know, where there's uh, room for meaningful conversation and for conflict resolution and space to express how you are feeling and what's working for you and not working for you. And um, I think lastly, another point to look at is considering how are you being treated and how are they supporting you? So what that means is how does this person show up for you? I think it's very telling when you take into consideration how this person shows up for you in your successful moments, or how this person shows up for you during your struggle or your downtime. I think that that is a really good indication of, is this a person that I want in my life? Can they show up for me in the good moments and the bad? Do they believe in me? Are they bringing out my best qualities? And this doesn't mean that it needs to be perfect every day, but it's just, it's looking at the overall picture and that the pros of the relationships outweigh the cons. For example, a very famous quote is, before you diagnose yourself with depression or low self-esteem, first make sure that you are not surrounded by jerks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's... It's a great thing to take in consideration because it's pointing out how if you are surrounded by people that are bringing you down, it's not you. It's your environment. It's it's about what you're being influenced by that that can, in fact, make you feel depressed. It can, in fact, bring down your self-esteem. So those points of looking at the belief system, the conversations you're having, the habits, the lifestyles, the environment that you're in. How are you being treated? How are you being supported? What what are they bringing out of you? What qualities are they bringing out of you? How are they making you feel about yourself? These are things to take into consideration when you are defining what a healthy relationship is to you and how do you want to be supported in the life that you want to live. Other things to take into consideration is is there an equal exchange in the relationship and what that means is what you give them is it from a place of love and generosity is there are they also giving back to you from a place of love and generosity in their own way? you want to make sure that there's that equal exchange because what happens when there's not an equal exchange in a relationship or an, or you know relationship romantically with your friendships with family. And even at work, what can happen is the person will either make you feel drained or give you energy. And that's a huge indicator if there's an equal exchange in this relationship. If you always feel drained around this person, then that's an indicator that it's non equal exchange and that you're giving more than they are giving back to you. And when we start to feel drained and it affects our vitality, It's easy to, you know, become tired, uh, not be able to show up for yourself and give back to yourself. Um, It affects our well-being because when we get tired, it's easy to get overwhelmed emotionally. It's harder to manage life and time demands. So it is a really important question to ask yourself. And, you know, is it all about them and their needs or is there a level of consideration also for supporting you and your needs? These are all good things to take in consideration to really support what it means to you to have a healthy relationships in your life because all of that affects our quality of our well-being. So that's our mental state, emotional state, physical state, our vitality that we need in life to be able to take care of our responsibilities and obligations and just to enjoy life as well. You know, it, it literally our relationships Uh, shape our quality of life, our happiness. And as we all know, our happiness really helps to uplift us and give us the energy that we need to be able to do our day-to-day life. Um, And that also means to be able to address our well-being or our wellness. So these are some great things to look at, maybe even taking some time to journal a little bit and pick the five closest people to yourself and kind of take into consideration all of those different points for different relationships.
1: I love that. That sounds like a very worthwhile reflection. Um, One thing I wanted to dig into a little bit more is beliefs and belief systems. And what are we really looking for there? That's a great thing to ask. Um, I try
0: to make it as simple as, as can be because life is complicated and relationships can be complicated. So I think it's just so important to just break it down to a very simple formula, which is, is this belief coming from fear or is this belief coming from love? Is this belief supporting my positivity and supporting my growth, supporting my success or is this cutting me down? Is this making me stuck? Is this limiting me and my abilities to be successful? And so that's a good way to evaluate your own belief systems and the own, your own thoughts that you're having, as well as the people that are in our lives. You know, it's, sometimes it's not always about what's being said. It's about why are they saying that? And where is this coming from? If we keep that simple formula, is this coming from fear? Um, and limitations or is this coming from love and support and understanding why we are thinking those things just taking a pause before choosing to invest in a thought or a belief and make it you know law in your domain just taking some time to examine it as well as the other person ask them you know where they're coming from and what has shaped that thought or that belief and sometimes when we spend a little time just kind of pulling away the, the layers of the onion around our thoughts and beliefs, we might discover that this is not really what we think or we feel or how we want to be thinking or feeling. And the great thing is that we can always choose again. You know, we can always say, you know, maybe that's an old way of thinking or that's the way that's something that I learned from other people or growing up. Um, and now I want to choose something that will support my higher levels of well-being, or support my success, or support my romantic partner or my friends, and vice versa, for them to support you and and show up in a way that our beliefs, you know, our beliefs really do shape our lives. So it's important to spend a little time understanding what shaped that thought and belief. Where is it coming from, and is it supporting our productivity? our success, and our higher levels of well-being, and that we can choose again. Choose a thought that will support us. And sometimes it's about building stepping stones to get to the actual thought and belief that you want. So maybe, you know, for example, rather than saying, sometimes people are struggling with believing that I can be successful. So a stepping stone that you could use is saying, I, I'm open to being successful. And so it's sometimes we just have to kind of build that bridge and that connection to a new way of thinking and beliefs. But the key is being aware of it, being aware of our thoughts and beliefs and how they shape our lives and shape our relationships, as well as um, taking the time to dissect it, understand where it's coming from. Uh, does it hold any credibility Uh, and a willingness to make an adjustment, to shift it, to change it, and to have it support your success and your growth and your higher levels of well-being. And once we start moving that direction, it's about building that bridge. So again, it can be, I'm open to this, to the idea of this. And eventually, you'll get to a point where you're like, I am this. And to have people in your environment that you surround yourself with each day, also supporting that and you supporting them builds a, an emotionally safe relationship. And the more that we feel safe emotionally, the more we can be vulnerable, the more, and the more we, that we're vulnerable and sharing any of the dark corners of our soul or um, sharing our struggle. Um, the more that we can build a connection and a bond, and then the more that it can support us with positive change.
1: That's great. I love that we can always choose again. And what I've found too is to be on the lookout for myself and for others. If someone says, I believe this, or I have a growth mindset, or I don't have the victim mentality, but then they, in their words, habits, actions and just their energy or level of positivity or negativity, there's a misalignment. So especially in relationships is when we get to know people, they might say things at first and seem to have the belief and how truly they believe that or not. But then there are these other things tied to it that might be misaligned. And then... Those are things I always want to look out for myself, but I've I also see it in, in other people. And I've always been the type of person to project so much goodness or put a lot of weight onto the words that someone says, whether it's a mindset thing or a belief system thing, or even, oh yeah, I, I want to have a better lifestyle. I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing X, Y, Z, because when you talk about the five people that you let in. For me, lifestyle is important. And for me, it's something that I really don't want to compromise on, right? Like so when when you're talking about two worlds coming together and coexisting, and with my wellness, I really can't compromise. So I do find that there there's certain things that we have to prioritize ourselves where there's just a firm boundary and it's like, no, this, this is it. I'm not I'm not compromising. Like I'm someone who hardly ever drinks. But if someone's like, no, come out, drink, drink. And it's like, no, I'm not going to compromise there. Yeah, I agree. And I think you bring up a really good point, Jessica. I think that,
0: that, yes, there's a level of compromise, but you also, it's important to know where your boundaries are and where your deal breakers are and understanding the distinction between them. Because a lot of times people struggle in their romance, especially in their romantic relationships, with holding that line. And I think another important piece to add in to compromise, which isn't always taken into consideration, is that if you're in a relationship, whether it's friendship, romantic, uh, etc., where you're compromising too much of yourself and who you are, then that's not the relationship for you. There has to be, like you said, a level of compromise because we're bringing two worlds together, trying to coexist. But there has to be that fine line of what the deal breakers are. And if you're with someone where you have to compromise so much of yourself, then that's not the relationship for you. And a lot of times we can stay in those relationships for too long and then we start to lose touch with who we are because we're compromising too much of ourselves to, to keep the harmony in this relationship, to keep the har- to keep this person in our lives which is definitely detrimental to your well-being. When you start to lose a sense of self-identity, sometimes compromising can make us feel like who we are is wrong or isn't accepted by the person that we care about. And that's very dangerous territory to, you know, because everything we do feeds something. We don't want to feed any conscious or subconscious beliefs that make us feel that part of us isn't accepted by someone that we care about. Yeah, so that's a really important, I'm glad you brought that up. Compromise is important, but there has to, you have to draw the line at some point, and make sure that you don't lose yourself in the relationship, because you're compromising too much of yourself. And again, that, that, that decreases your well being, which affects your health as well.
1: And I think too sometimes, it, and I know this from personal experience, it's it's not even necessarily about compromise when you can lose your self identity. Um, I had tended to get into relationships, and they seem so great. Like there's the point A when you meet someone, and then somewhere down the line, it's point B, and there's no way in hell I would have signed on for the point B, right? And so, I think over the years, I got really smarter about not trying to be nos- nostalgic and project that I could recapture the point A, but rather be like, oh, wait, <laughs> that's not what this is. And the deal breaker thing you're getting into, right? And getting myself out. So I got better and better. <laughs> er. <laughs> at that. Um, but then I found myself in a relationship with someone who was depressed. And he didn't admit it, admit it till like somewhere along the line that there was bipolar in his family and he was prone to depression. And so I started, I didn't want to be an enabler. I didn't want to be doing things for him. I was reading up on what to do when someone you love is depressed and was doing all the things that if he was trying to do something like, he I don't know, let's not go in there. But anyway, anything he was trying to do, I would be like a support to. So I really felt like it wasn't me compromising who I was. I was putting myself in a position not to enable him, but rather support him. But then one day I was out with him. We were visiting his family. We were going to take the train back to Brooklyn. And I saw this train and I felt like if I jumped now, I could s- jump smack right in front of that train. And Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and then I was thinking if something was like, this is not who I am. And this is exactly what you were talking about before, about all those dichotomies of, energizing or draining or having your identity or or giving too much of yourself away or I don't even know if that's what it was but I just made two piles of what was sucking out my soul and what was giving me life and I cut out everything in the life sucking out pile even Mm -hmm. even with people that I eventually let back in so I think that's something to be careful of because sometimes we could think like well that wasn't a bad person like the other people, and then if you really get into it, well, is that person really a bad person for being a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde alcoholic? You know what I mean? Like, maybe he has a, <laughs> there's a brain health issue, you know, and he's not a bad person, and we could fix his brain, and, and I know because you can philosophize uh, all day, but, um, you know, sometimes it's not as clear, but I just learned that it's, it has to be a healthy relationship no matter what. Like, so it, there was no sense for me. I, I couldn't carry me and him, it was just going to take us mm-hmm. both, both down. Um, so that, that was definitely something that I, I, w- I, I was sticking in because he wasn't bad, you know.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. I mean, the I think that that's a really important point to make that it's important to support your romantic partner, but not at the cost of your well being because we we want when it comes to equal relationships we want to have someone that's taking responsibility for their well-being um as well as for you to take responsibility of your own well-being which is what I heard you do where you had to kind of reevaluate why you felt kind of off and weren't, you know, feeling drained and not yourself and I think you know, I think that there's a level of understanding, again, it's that boundary of like, how you show up for someone and the support that you're willing to offer that time, or that is available at that time, or in your capacity at that time. Um, Because that can shift and change. Sometimes we have more capacity uh, and energy to in our lives at certain times than others. And that's okay, you know. It's just being honest of kind of where we're at at that point in our lives. And it's also about acknowledging that the person we're with also has to take a level of responsibility for their well-being. And sometimes that means seeking out professional help. You know, I'm a huge advocate of having as much, having as many people as you can in your corner to support your success. And that includes supporting your well-being and wellness. You know, it's the whole idea when it comes to supporting someone that like you can lead them to the door, but they still have to be the ones to walk through it to support their success. Right. And sometimes people are resistant towards it and they want someone else to do it for them. And really that's not serving you or them uh, to be the one to kind of come in and problem solve Uh, their life lessons in my opinion you know we're all given we're all given a certain deck of cards that we come into this life with and and certain lessons that we need to learn to continue our growth as Tony Robbins says a huge part of our happiness is based on our progress and on our growth and so that's a huge you know life lessons and taking self-responsibility um, and being able to take care of ourselves is a huge part of our well-being, and also having relationships in our lives that support it. But again, we can't we can't always rely on other people to step in and be the ones to solve our problems.
1: Is that why part of your brand name is empower? Because you're empower you want to empower other people versus do it for them, right? Yeah, a huge
0: part of my job as a holistic uh, life coach um, is that I assist people in their empowerment. So that means cultivating empowered belief system and thoughts and even looking at our narratives. Our, our, our narratives are huge when it comes to the success that we feel we're capable of. It's working on all five levels. So it's we're looking at our thoughts and beliefs systems and our narratives. It's looking at our, uh, the emotional level, which is emotional wounds or unprocessed emotions that we need to sit with and address. And our emotional habits and reactions, because sometimes they're just habits. They're learned habits when it comes to how we emotionally respond or react in situations. It's about connecting to how we feel. The third piece is the physical, so the well-being and our health, as well as the relationships we have in our lives and the environments we find ourselves in. So it's it's definitely taking time to address and help assist my clients to empower themselves in all those areas to support their success, to support their well-being. So yes, that's you are very accurate with connecting the work I do to the title of my business.
1: Great. I love it. Um, and one thing I want to ask you too about support, because I found this to be a, a tricky, <laughs> tricky subject in my life is I was I was learning about social wellness and the importance of support. And I was thinking like, oh, no one supports me. And it was related to drinking. And I I'm just someone who just now hardly ever drinks. Um, in the past, I drank more more socially. And and then that's after some time when I started the business, and I think I really like traded one thing for another because I got addicted to an energy drink. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then I was thinking like, oh, I haven't had a drink in two months, and I was proud of it. But what 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 it, what I noticed was um, when I went out and I told people like, oh, I hardly ever drink. They would think, oh, well, you're with me. Here's one of those hardly ever times, and it would irritate me. But I noticed I never told them that this is important to me. I would like your support in this. So once once I turned it into a New Year's resolution not to drink for 2017, then I got support. And now that's very extreme from once in a while or just saying, hey, I actually feel great that I'm not drinking. And, you know, And so there's a way to ask for it. So before you judge people the way I did, like, oh, no one's supporting me. It's like, well, hey, I didn't even articulate what what I was going for here to myself, let alone to the people around me. So do you have tips? I know people will be re- reflecting on this because um, this sounds like a challenge and we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, as we reflect on those, <laughs> those people in our lives, like you were suggesting we do earlier, that if we're, if we're saying, does this person support me? If the answer is no, I'd say to also do some reflection there. Like, did I even articulate it? what I'm looking for. So do you have tips around that?
0: Sure. I think that that is a really great point that you're bringing up is how do we go through this process once we're done exploring? So, you know, so it's not, so it's important to kind of go over the points we mentioned when evaluating the the five closest people in your lives, as well as your romantic partner, um, if that is uh, something that's in your life. But it's also important to spend some time, like you said, Jessica, exploring like, what are your goals right now? What are your needs right now? What do you need in your life to be successful? And once you kind of get a sense of what that is, then it's easier to communicate to the people around you like, this is important to me. This is what I want to be doing right now, the environment I want to be living in. And also to be forthcoming, you know, say, you know, I would love your support on it. I would love you you to help me stay accountable with this goal and lifestyle that I want to be living now. And so, yeah, giving them a chance to show up for you is really important. Uh, I find that a lot of people, it's easy for us to give and be there for others. But it's a lot of people have challenges speaking up for what they need help on or what type of support they want, or getting their needs met, or allowing other people to show up for them and to receive the help that is being offered. And so I think you're right, Jessica. I think it's important to give people a chance to know where you're at and where you want to go and how they can support you. So it's, it's, you don't want to assume That They magically will know what your goal is or how to support you and how you want to be supported, Jessica, could be different than how I want to be supported. So it's important to kind of spend some time of you being your own problem solver so that when you do show up and communicate to, to the people in your lives, you can let them know like, hey, this is what feels good to me. This is how I like to be supported. I need you during these times. And, you know, so giving them a chance to show up the way that you want, but also leaving room for them to show up for you in their own way. And to receive, so important, to receive their help, to receive the love, to receive the support. And after, so after that conversation is had, then it's time to sit back and allow yourself to see that their agreement to support you matches their action. Because like you were mentioning earlier, Jessica is it's really easy for us to project our ideals on someone and how we, you know, want them to be and how we want them to show up for ourselves and, and then miss out on the truth of the reality of that, you know, this person isn't who are, doesn't match our ideals or this person doesn't match our standards, or this person, their words aren't matching their actions. And this can be a very uncomfortable process, which is why sometimes we don't leave space or gap and room in our lives to, to really see someone for who they are and how they operate and how they show up in our relationships. And so make sure to give that space, you know, want, trust that what you communicated was understood. And you can even ask the person like, what do you think I'm saying? Or does this make sense to you? Um, Does this work for you? Are you open to this, uh, supporting this goal or, you know, supporting me the way that I need to be supported right now? That should definitely be a part of your conversation. And then the second step is to make sure their actions match their words. And that's, you know, no one's perfect. So it's okay to give people a second chance or have another conversation with them. Sometimes one conversation is not necessarily enough, especially if you're creating change in the relationship and then in the dynamic. So it's about being open, flexible, receptive, and being compassionate and understanding um, and treating others the way that you would like to be treated in the process of change. And also leaving room for the truth, you know, to see that maybe this is not something that the person is capable of right now or has the capacity to do right now. And that's okay. And if that's not something that someone can do for you, then maybe you have to consider taking a little bit of space with them um, and focusing on the people that can support you in the process of succeeding with your goal. So that's kind of, uh, I would say, in general with some light strokes of how I would kind of guide someone through that process in
1: general. That's really helpful. And the piece that is the bold underlying huge font. <laughs> <laughs> A font, yeah. Don't miss out on the truth. I, I, I love that you're saying to see if their actions are matching what they agreed to or what they're saying, because that's a that's a key, key piece. And I know I, it speaks to me so deeply. And I love that. Don't miss out on the truth. <laughs>
0: yeah, because we, you know, sometimes the truth is uncomfortable, you know, and uh, that's why people can avoid it and or don't want to see it. And it's not about making someone wrong or right when you see, you know, that their words aren't really matching their actions. It's just about, you know, ideally seeing it from a place of love and acceptance that this is just where they're at right now in their life. And maybe their plate is too full, or maybe you kind of reached the glass ceiling of what they are capable of giving. And you know, it's okay. It's just, it's just that the key is that you need to become aware of the truth and the reality of the situation. And then from there, you can choose to keep relying on that person or how much time you spend with that person. Or you can choose to maybe look at some other avenues of other relationships that can show up for you more during that time. I mean, I know we don't necessarily have the time to get in today, but it's also very interesting looking at this concept of uh, that we have 12 different types of intimacies with people of who we rely on during certain times. We have maybe that person you call for an emergency at, at any hour of the day they show up for you. And maybe you have someone that you call when it comes to supporting your success or someone that you call for fun. So that's kind of an interesting topic too, is looking at the fact that sometimes one relationship can't support everything. Meaning that sometimes we can put too much pressure on one person to fulfill us in every area. And that's also something to consider too, is just that it's again, it's coming back to being uh, willing to see the truth and the reality and hopefully coming from a place of just love and acceptance about it, because that's the way that you would want to be treated and being fair about it, and um, being reasonable, and understanding that sometimes in our lives we're a little bit more busier than other times. And that affects our capacity of what we have available in our reserves to show up for the people we love. And other times we have abundance of time and energy and love. And it's just about understanding the reality and the truth of where someone's at in their lives and where you're at in your life and what you need and how to show up for each other and support each other in your own way, as well as in a way that, that is being asked of you. And I think that that type of conversation and exploration will really help to improve your your relationships as well as make your expectations or standards realistic and also kind of expand your resources of the people that are in your life. And, you know, that you can kind of spread it out. You don't need to rely on one person to do everything, meet all the needs, or be able to fulfill you in every way.
1: Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And I do think we're going to need to do a follow-up episode on the 12 12 different types of intimacies. But for today, it sounds like it's Time to wrap up with a challenge. So what do yes, you? Yes, I love that. So,
0: the challenge. So we do a you do a two week challenge. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, it's generally we're open to whatever you've got for us, Kate.
0: Okay, I love that. I like the openness. I like the flexibility and the receptiveness. The challenge would be to improve your quality of relationships within these two weeks and then see how like an experiment see at the end how that improves or how it affects your well-being does it improve it does it not what i would like everyone to do is to focus on five of your closest people in your life including you know if you have a romantic partner in your life or not and focus on three things to improve the quality of your relationships with those people. The first one is mindful conversations. So a big part of that is putting down and turning off the electronics, being able to face each other when you're having a conversation, making sure that there's space and room for that person to feel what they need to feel, think what they need to think, say what they need to say. And being an active listener in that conversation. So before you jump in there with what you think and feel about the situation or about what you may think they should feel or not, or even a solution. Sometimes we come in and we just immediately go to a place where we're going to fix it. And sometimes we need to pause and leave room for, for just space for that person to feel what they need to feel, think what they need to think, say what they need to say. And so as an active listener, just take some time to reflect on, this is what I'm hearing you say. This is what I'm uh, hearing you feel. And just taking a breath in there and coming in with a lot of empathy and compassion and making that person feel heard and understood is huge when it comes to meaningful conversations and making that person feel like they're a priority making them feel valued, making them feel loved, making them feel cared for, respected, making them feel emotionally safe. So again, it's slowing down the pace of the conversation, even if it's a conflict. I mean, it's actually ideal to approach any conflicts with this, this approach of this is what I hear you saying, this is what I hear you feeling. Is that accurate? And really letting that person know that they are heard. So that's the first one mindful and meaningful conversations. The second is important generosity. So really spending some time on the different ways that you can show up for each other um, and how that person, really understanding how that person wants to be supported and how do you want to be supported. Person like Jessica was saying earlier is you're being forthcoming and direct and assertive with how you would like to be supported. And hopefully that person can show up for you in those ways and being flexible and leaving room for them to show up in their own way uh, to support you. And also speaking up of like, hey, I need more help right now. You can ask for more help. You can ask for more support. It's very easy to stop ourselves from asking for more help or support. So, You know, make sure you're really aware of where you stand on that with asking for more help. So that's the second piece. The third piece is creating quality time. And this kind of relates to what I was mentioning earlier with our mindful conversations, which is turning off our electronics, putting our phones away, turning off the TV, facing each other when we're talking, and even adding in touch, you know, giving someone a hug. Holding someone's hand, giving someone a pat on the back. Touch is really powerful. It creates comfort. It can create relief. It can create love. It can create positivity. There's so many positive things that touch can do. You can even ask the person that you're close with, is it okay if I give you a hug? So that's the second piece for quality time. The third one is is doing something new and fun. I think that that's a really important thing to do with the closest people in your lives because it's important to kind of break out of our regular routine as well as it will support us to break out of our regular train of thought. And by doing so, it gives us perspective because we're doing something new. We're doing something possibly out of our comfort zone. By gaining perspective, it helps us to potentially create new results in our thinking or new results with uh, solutions about how to move forward or how to resolve a conflict. It also can uplift our spirit. You know, it can help us feel good. It can help shift our mindset into a positive direction. It can give us the energy we need to be able to do our everyday responsibilities, especially through times of struggle doing something new and get uplifting our spirit and giving ourselves more energy can give us what we need to get through struggle. Because ideally during struggles, especially with our wellness or well-being, we want to try to be the buoy on the top of the ocean versus the anchor. The buoy can stay on top of the waves. You know, it can go with, go with the punches and still stay uplifted. So doing new things, makes life interesting. It gives us energy. It shifts us out of our regular routine and our regular thoughts and um, really adds to our life. And so I would say that that's the challenge is with the five closest people to you is one, the mindful, meaningful conversations and helping people to feel heard, feel accepted, bringing in that empathy and feeling understood Two, the support and generosity. So supporting each other in a ways that we like to be supported. Being generous and kind to each other. Surprising someone with a tea and a little treat. Little things like that makes us feel good. And when we feel good, it uplifts our spirit. And then the third one is creating that quality time and doing something fun and new and turning off the technology, facing each other, adding in gentle touch with each other. I would say that those are the three things that I would encourage everyone to do for two weeks uh, and really making it a priority throughout the week. And it can be little moments. It doesn't have to be a full day event or half a day event or even an hour. It can be Literally, just ten minutes, making someone feel like they're a priority in life, that they are heard and accepted, that they are cared for, and and doing something new and fun. And um, I, I promise you, or I definitely feel that that creates a huge shift in supporting our higher levels of well being. And I hope that everyone gets to
1: experience that at the end of the two-week challenge. So everybody, including myself, we're going to take this <laughs> challenge. And before I let you go, Kate, where can we find you online? I will put links in the show notes as well, but please give us a shout out. A shout sure.
0: Out. So like we were mentioning earlier, so I'm Kate and my business is called Evolve and Empower. And my web address is and spelling out A-N-D, Empowered.com is where you can find uh, my website as well as my four services that I offer. And please feel free to reach out and connect to me through my websites. And I would be honored to support anyone on their journey of having higher levels of well-being in their life, bringing more love into their life. Bring more love into their relationships, as well as bringing more uh, self-love and self-acceptance into the most important relationship, which is with yourself.
1: Thank you so much. This has been uh, an amazing conversation. And I, I'm serious, we should do another one sometime. But for now, um, have a great rest of the day. Likewise, thank you so much for including me on
0: your podcast and supporting people getting better and better with their well being and wellness. It's been a real joy of exploring how improving our relationships really can improve our uh, well being. So I look forward to hopefully future opportunities to dive more into how our relationships can continue to support our well being and wellness. Sounds
1: perfect. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening. Show notes are online at betterandbetterer.com.
0: Find a buddy to try out this episode's challenge. We want to hear how it goes. So hit us up on Instagram at betterandbetterer.